This is The Laughing Warrior. It's an exploration of what it means to be strong without needing to sacrifice everything in order to maintain that image of strength. How do we become that warrior that finds not just peace, but joy in the face of battle? What's up, y'all? Welcome back, Warriors. This is the Laughing Warrior Podcast. My name is Rob Wong. What's up, Warriors? This is Scott Pagliaccio, hanging out here in Buffalo, New York, chopping it up with my brother, Rob. we got an action-packed episode for you today. I think you're going to find a lot of benefit, so stay tuned to the end for your action step. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good call-out. I keep forgetting to, keep forgetting to mention that we do that here, but... Uh, we're going to be talking about how to start getting exactly what you want in life. So if you feel like you've been struggling to make your dreams happen, if you feel like you're not getting the girl that you want of your relationships or the, or the man, right? If you aren't earning enough, if you don't live in the right place, how do you get there? Um, and I, I guess to kick things off, I, I, I feel like there's there's a lot of stuff out there about how you need to hustle and grind. And I think that taking action in the correct direction always makes sense. There's, there's setting the intention and then walking towards it with your actions. But I think that even more important underneath this and what Scott and I were discussing was how um, the thing that actually gets you what you want can feel decidedly unsexy. It's a, It's a little bit... I'm going to use this example again. It's a little bit like, hey, I want to get abs. And then the person you're talking to is like, yeah, you can have abs. Just eat all this fucking broccoli and go for like a 20-mile run. <laughs> and no one no one is down for that. But I think over time, um, what I've noticed is that, that in, in taking on this practice, um, it went from being kind of annoying and burdensome to eventually like, like years later, I look at who I've become and it's exactly the guy that I wanted to be like two years ago. Um, it doesn't seem like I spent a lot of effort to get here. I've been on a TEDx stage. I'm dating uh, in, in a way that feels powerful and easy for me. Like I feel, I've never felt more desirable than I have right, right now. I'm working about an hour or two a week and that's enough to pay my bills. Um, the rest of the time is downtime. So that raises the question of like, how did you get there? That, I think that boils down to responsibility. So I, I kind of want to pass it over to you, Scott. Like what, what comes up for you when we talk about responsibility? Uh, yeah, like, and dude, like kudos to you for having the fucking life that you choose moment by moment by moment. Like it's intentional. Like you are living the dream, like literally. Like, this is what people want. And uh, so pay close attention. Um, yeah, for me, taking responsibility um, just means, yeah, taking action in the present moment, you know, moment by moment by moment, like not feeling or taking on the role of a, of a victim. Like everything in my life up until this point, I chose. And I take personal 
radical, like I like radical, like crazy, stupid, McDupid responsibility for everything I have and for what I want in the direction that I want to go. And, you know, listening to you own your wins and what you're up to and is like powerful, man. You modeling that, you know, wakes something up in me and has me leaning in a little bit harder, you know, um, as an entrepreneur, as a, as a business owner. And when I take responsibility, it seems effortless. It doesn't seem like work. There's in the beginning, maybe it's a little bit difficult to change behaviors and do some things like really working consciously towards what I want, you know, being responsible, waking up and going to the gym at 5 a.m., working a full-time job, you know, um, creating things for my, my business. But then over time, like you said, that was the big thing that the big takeaway for me was over time, you're there. Like you took those little tiny action steps like the journey of a thousand steps starts with the first one and then if you keep doing that taking that little step every single day over time you're looking back and you are living the life that you chose so you took responsibility and you kept taking responsibility and you weren't a victim and then over time by taking responsibility you're living into this beautiful dream yeah, like a hundred percent. Um, and and if if I had to pick out the one thing that stands out to me, it, it is it is that idea that I I created the life that I live right now, and and we've mentioned this on past podcasts. What yeah. what I have, my circumstances, I I made that. Yeah, and, and, and I'm like, curious, Rob. I just to fill in the like. Let's let the listener. They're they're listening like right now. Like, oh my god, this guy works an hour a week. How much time did it take for you to go from, you know, where you were and recognizing, okay, and to where you are now? It's not like it's over. It's not overnight and it's overnight. Yeah. Um, I set the intention of getting there like two years ago. And then I hit that like a year and a half ago. But the, the entire journey with responsibility was like probably five or six years. Like things that I decide that I want to do suddenly coming into my life mm. has been an ongoing project for that amount of time, yeah. but it's just gotten faster over time. But um, th there's this other thing that I want to bring up because like, like right now what we're talking about sounds pretty easy. It's like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm just, I made all this. I'm going to take <laughs> actions towards the goal. It's so easy. So why doesn't everyone else have these things? Right. And, and so I, I think it's going to be really relevant to talk about why, like, when does responsibility become hard? When, when does it actually matter that we're responsible? It's easy for me to be responsible when, when life is good. Oh, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I just won the lotto. I'm responsible for I made that choice. I'm doing great. I have a spa and a jacuzzi. Cool. Yeah, that's easy. Hey, uh, my business so an earlier example for me, like this year I lost like $70,000 in the stock market, actually lost, Yikes. just like yeah. fucking gone. Um, yeah. And it's not like I can wait for the market to bounce back. I've really lost that money. Mm. And it, you know, with, within reality, it's, it's, I can interpret that any number of ways. And one, one very reasonable way to interpret that is I got screwed over by the market, right? I, yeah. Like a victim is what I'm hearing. Like, you yeah. got you got screwed over poor yeah. me and and it, it's i think that there's rel like there there's there's purpose to 
to being in victim. I think yeah, being in victim sure. allows us to feel what we need to feel. Mm-hmm. But I think the danger lies in never moving on. If I if I hold that story for the rest of my life, the market yeah. fucked me over. Yeah. Well, what are my odds of being able to recover from that? You know, am I am I ever going to be able to create a passive income if I'm afraid of investments? So I guess I guess then where where that left me was I was seventy thousand dollars in the hole. It was very easy to just be like, hey, um, this is unfair. I don't want to. I'm not going to touch this again. Um, circumstances unforeseen like and a, and a friend was the one who was giving me investment advice so it was like really easy to like go and blame him this is this is this person's fault sure but in this instance responsibility and therefore the ability to change my my life path and decide where i was going to go meant that hey actually no that's uh that's <laughs> that's all on me <laughs> okay. i made this dumb decision or m- maybe i made a good decision and i held on to it for too long I didn't know the way the market was going. I didn't pay attention to the signs. I didn't do adequate research that had me end up in the situation where I was losing a fuck ton of money. Um, and because I owned those things, um, and because a part of ownership, I think too, is also just not staying in the shame about it. Yeah, I, right. yeah, these things happened. Once yeah, I like where those, was that gonna get you blaming your friend? Like, okay. Yeah, great. Now what? Like, does that get you the 70 grand back? Right, right. It just loses a friend and now I've lost more shit. And this is someone who could potentially help me recoup that loss. Like, he probably knows a way out. Yeah. Um, and, and that was kind of part of the way forward. I, I, I owned my shit. Like, man, I, th- I took a big hit on this on the recent uh, exchange. Like, can you help me out? Figure out, like, where to go from here. And he had a really great solution for that. Um. But it also meant that I needed to look at where my own weaknesses were. Hey, I didn't know enough about the market. Let me start doing research. Let me contact all my friends who have been doing investment and options trading for decades and talk to them about how they see the market unfolding. What are they doing that's different from me? Um, But if I'd stayed in that zone of, hey, this is someone else's fault. It's not mine because it hurt so much that I couldn't stay in it, then I would have been stuck. I'd, I'd probably just go back to working a nine to five. Cause like, I'm not going to be able to recoup that loss. Right. Um, I think there's also just like that element of defeatism. Like if I just took the L there, like, and I blamed other people for it. I, d- I don't know. I don't know that I would be in a very good headspace. I'd probably yeah. be bitter for the rest of my life until I chose to resolve it. And no one likes working with a bitter person. Like I, I don't, I can't even stand waiters that like are like all pissed off about their lives. Like I don't want to be around that energy. Yeah, I don't want to eat it. I don't want you serving it, like putting that on a plate and serving it to me and me eating that up. Fuck that. It, yeah, no, thank you. Gosh, I get it, man. Like I, there was something I wanted to say, and I, I, I like. Oh man, it, now it escapes me, Rob, but it was really, it was fucking brilliant. Now I can't think of what it was I wanted to say. Tell me what you were saying again. It, oh, it was, okay. It, it was about your friend, like in, in you taking responsibility and in doing so, man, you know, you turned things around. Like you didn't stay stuck in the, in, in, in the shame or whatever of it. And you were like, okay, I need this guy as an ally, or I, I want this guy as an ally. I don't want to blame him and, and you know, create more um, disconnection. It's like, how can I, 
this is what it was, Rob. Like, I think it was about, like you said, taking an L. And I, I've mentioned this before. I, I never, I have this mantra. I never lose. I either win or I learn. And that reframe, like, helps me to move into action around, you know, keeping the forward momentum. Yes, for a second, I feel like a victim and fuck, man, I lost that money and fuck my, I listened to my friend and fuck, I want to blame him. But you turn the finger around on yourself. You took radical responsibility, like radical responsibility to point continually every time you want to like blame someone out there or the, you know, the stock market or your friend, you just kept turning it around on you. And you're like, okay, man, I, I got myself in here, into this you know, situation. And I'm going to be the, I'm, I'm both the problem and the solution. And I think that's important. That's an, that's a very important distinction and understanding for our listener to have. Like, you take radical responsibility for your life. You chose this. I chose this. And that's the great news because I get to choose to do something different to get me out of this as well. It fucking feels hard, you know, but it, you know what's harder? Staying stuck and blaming other people because nothing gets resolved. So I'm just really appreciating that about you, you know, seeing yourself there because that, that could be a blind spot for a lot of people. I think I think that's a huge distinction. I, I almost want to rewind the clock back. And what Scott was saying, <laughs> what Scott's saying is like very true because like inside of that space of like blame and victimhood, you, it it part of it is just I refuse to relinquish this story that something bad happened to me, and there's there's no recovery in that situation. I'm I'm I've just been attacked, right? right. But if I never move past that wall, then I can never get to the point where it's like, oh, this thing happened. Let me plan my life around making something out of this, something better. How can I capitalize on this situation to yeah. improve my situation? If I'm so busy feeling sorry for myself. But I guess I want to throw in an additional note there because like, it's easy for me to say that when this, these things aren't happening to me, but like when I'm in it, it's, it's very easy for me to want to like feel bad for myself. Yeah. And so in that situation, I, I guess I kind of want to open up the floor. Like, Hey, what do we do when that happens? I feel like crap. I feel guilty. I want to blame other people. Yeah. Where do we go from there? Fucking feel it. Sit in that motherfucking fire and feel that shit dog. That is the move. That's the, yeah, that's my responsibility. Radical responsibilities for me to sit and feel my feelings, not distract, not disassociate, not watch porn not jerk off, not eat sugar. It's to say, okay, I have to sit and be with myself because that's the responsible thing. And in doing so, I'm going to move through this way quicker. All the other distractions only creates more of that, un that shitty feeling because the feelings are going to be there if you, you know, so it's like, okay, I'm going to move through this quickly. So that, so for the listener, what do, what do you mean you sit in that? Like you sit and you feel, you go outside and you are just being with yourself in the uncomfortable emotions and thoughts, the patterns and habits of mind and emotion and, and literally sit there and be with it. I like to hold, with difficult emotions like anger or frustration or worry or whatever it is, I like to put a hand on my heart and on my stomach and I like just to be with it, man, and, and love myself there because that is also 
my responsibility is to love myself, to give myself what I need. And if I'm feeling shame around, a, let's say a, a mistake, quote unquote, then it's my responsibility to be with it, to be like you say this a lot, Rob, be compassionate to myself, to be kind, not you fucking idiot. You did this thing again. Mm. No, it's to hold yourself with compassion and love, knowing I did the very best that I could. This other person, I believe they did the best they could, or else I probably wouldn't be in relationship with them. You know, I trusted him and he did the best he could. I trusted myself. Now I'm going to sit in this uncomfortable feeling. I'm going to love myself. I'm going to have even have a conversation with myself. Hey, Scott, you know, it's okay. You were doing the best you could. I do say this and I've said it on many other podcasts. I like to smile to the difficult emotion and welcome it. Oh, you know, shame or fear, or anxiety. You're welcome here and smile like little. And I have difficulty at times just beginning to crack a smile, mm -hmm. but that lightens the feeling for me, man. And pay attention to this for the listener, like smiling to a different practice that when you're feeling you're sitting in the shit, like it's, it can be challenging. So it's just to kind of answer your question, I think, it, or to go, I don't know, to go with this is like to sit in the emotions, feel them, be compassionate to yourself, love yourself, smile to it, have a conversation with yourself that's loving and kind. And I noticed that that route gets me through to solution mode a lot quicker than the, the, the derogatory inner critic talk that happens at times too. So that is my recommendation is to be compassionate, kind, loving, understanding, smile, be kind to yourself and, and move forward from there after you sit in that fucking fire and feel all that shit. Yeah. Um, it, it's a little bit like throwing up. Yeah, uh, it's a lot like throwing. You might even do it, <laughs> dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so during I, I did a combo ceremony like probably last year, and you you basically sit there, and some guy uses incense to burn some holes in your skin, and then he puts balls of toad poison on your arm. And the entire idea is you're gonna have to throw up, and there's this interesting dynamic where I was sitting there, I had my fucking plastic blue bucket in my lap and it was just mm. like uh like uh, like just like starting to get more and more nauseated <laughs> and there was the choice i could either um resist what was going to happen what was building up inside me okay i feel bad yeah. i feel bad I don't wanna, okay <laughs> and the longer i fought it the worse i felt and right. the, the alternative but after like 10 minutes of just fighting it and feeling like ass uh there was a moment where it was like you know what? I'm just going to do what my body wants to do. Yeah. I'm going to throw up. Blah. And, and you know, it wasn't that bad. The minute that I'd made the choice, okay, I'm just going to do what needs to be done here. And I held space for the nausea and the body reaction instead of fighting them and making them wrong. Everything felt fine. It was like, okay, I'm throwing up. And it's, it, it, it's, it's weird to describe that sense. It's like, okay this thing that i didn't think i wanted is happening but it's not a problem yeah. this is actually decidedly kind of a neutral experience and it, it was a problem when you were resisting it though right yeah and then you just kind of allowed it to be so like in and i'm imagining it's like the same in the situation with the stock market 
you were resisting it by saying it's, this shouldn't have happened, blah, blah, blah. And then finally you just took ownership, radical responsibility. Like this happened. I got myself here. I'm taking responsibility to get myself out. Okay, let's fucking go. And that's, that's what I wanted to highlight about what you were saying. Cause like, I think what Scott was pointing to was like, Hey, the fastest way through this is responsibility. This is the most expedient thing you could do. You could sit and wallow. It'll take you like a week, maybe two weeks. Yeah. Or you sit here in these feelings for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, then you're done and you're ready to move forward powerfully from like a clear place, level head. The other thing that I want to point out, Scott mentioned this in sort of in passing, but I think this is important. Hand on the heart. This is something that I started doing on dates when I feel overwhelmed or anxious. Like I'm trying to figure out what would attract this other person. I got to come up with a perfect funny line. Hand on the heart. I noticed that I don't have to struggle to think of what to say next in that moment. I'm more myself. I'm not striving to be someone else. And, and, and yeah, there's so much advice out there where they're like, be yourself, bro, with no actual action steps on how to get there. You don't wanna, okay, if you wanna know how to be yourself in the moment, my theory is that it's all about settling the nervous system so it's out of fight or flight. So mm. when I put my hand on my heart, this is like such a comforting motion. My system is beginning to feel the physical sensation of, hey, things are actually going to be okay. Then it settles down. Then I can think and act the way that I do around friends that I love, right? Except it's mm -hmm. with this person that I'm really attracted to. Yeah. And so this might have come across as a minor detail, but when, when we drop little things like this into the conversation, it's because... The, there's this mechanism of action at play in the background. So responsibility, yes, let's get there. Dealing with emotions, that's more about the nervous system. And we can probably walk through a few different ways of settling the nervous system down. The hand on the heart is a really good one. Sitting with the feelings is a really good one. Um, I also find that like slowing down your breathing, if you can exhale for as long as you can, just and you don't just do it once because people will be like, take a deep breath. One deep breath is okay. 10 minutes of deep breathing is what's mm -hmm. actually going to make your emotional state change. Yeah. You'll go from feeling like, oh, this is like you're being emotionally tortured to what the fuck was that? Like all of a sudden I feel good again. What the hell was that? And it was just because you were slowing down your breath, tapping into your vagus nerve. Um, and, and so I, I'm going to leave that on the table Anything that you want to throw in there as well in terms of nervous system stuff? Yeah, no, I like that. I like how you, that's like a powerful action step for the listener to, to, to take, man. Just, I mean, it's so simple. It doesn't have to be a complicated process, man. Listen, breathing is so important. If I don't take my next in-breath, it's a fucking wrap. I mean, we don't have to get complicated. I mean, and I'm imagining nobody wants things to be difficult or any harder than they already are. You're already in a place that's pretty challenging. So I would only say to you or to the listeners, yeah, breathe, deep breathing. There it is. Simple. Calm your nervous system. Be back in the driver's seat, control responsibility of your life, moving on, or you can do all the opposite that we talked about, you know, check out, disassociate, distract, feel worse. Just fucking breathe, man. Just breathe. It's simple. It's not hard. 
Nobody wants to be told, oh, this is hard. It's not hard. It's easy. It's easy with practice over time, like, like anything. And that's really all I want to say. I think that's like keeping it simple and relatable and understandable. Like there it is. I, I think I, I'll, I almost want to put the spotlight on something that you've mentioned in the past that I've had some curiosity about. Sometimes you mentioned that like when you're driving, um, you'll, yeah. you'll start chanting. I do. And I, I've, I've been Om curious. I love it, man. That chanting gets me out of my head and just into my heart and like relaxes my nervous system because I can't think and focus on, you know, chanting at the same time. And it really, it gets me to that place so quickly. I think there's a very like primal element to that too. I can almost imagine like pounding drums in the background as you're chanting. Yeah. And so if you had to walk someone new through this, like they've never heard of chanting, they don't know how it Mm. goes. How would you have them get started? Jump on YouTube and there's an Namyo, Namyo Ho Renge Kyo. I would just search that and the first one that comes up or one that they like. And I, it's on an eight hour loop. <laughs> I've done it for hours. I've done it for minutes. Um, it's like an intentional practice. And instead of when I'm on the dragon delivering treasure out there in the universe, I, I driving, AKA driving a tractor trailer, you know, all over Western New York and Pennsylvania. I, I want to start my day intentionally and I can't close my eyes and meditate and sit. So what I choose to do is I can chant and it has the same, it has the same profound effect. My nervous system is relaxed. I'm in my body. I'm in my heart. I'm not thinking I'm absolutely just being in the present moment. And it's, it's beautiful. Um, So yeah, I think that's a pretty simple, you know, let's keep it simple. So for the listener, we could probably even put a link to like the YouTube, a YouTube video in the podcast so they can just jump on there and click that if they want to give it a whirl. That's um, probably a good idea. I don't even know how to begin to spell the chant that you just said. I'm going to look it up right now, man. <laughs> I, I, I really am because it, it, it usually comes up first. Um, let's see. N-A-M. Yeah. Nam. Oh, no. That, yep. There it is. N A M M Y O H O R E N G E K Y O. And I'll, you know what, Rob, I'll send it to you too, man. And it's the first one. It's the miracle mantra. And supposedly, well, I'm not going to go into it because I really don't know the, um, I kind of have, know the backstory around the, this particular chant. And, but I, I couldn't, with a lot of accuracy, repeat it. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, guys. Sorry to the listener, man. I, I was, I'm getting ready to text this over to Rob so he can drop it in the, drop it in the, in the, uh, in the show notes. Um, yeah, but it, I, I love it. And then there's one other thing that really gets me um, grounded in, in it's Kirtan. Um, so like guys like Krishna Das, I love listening to, um, I love Hindu traditional or yeah traditional hindu um music I, I used to hang out with harry krishna's in this temple in dallas when i lived there man and they would ha- weekly they would have uh 
they would have kirtan where the, the monk was a young dude, lived in this cool house and he was married and had kids and they would invite people over and they would have like a, a Dharma talk, you know, a talk about whatever, you know, him, um, you know, whatever it is. Uh, I don't know. They'd have a different topic, but prior to you would chant um, Harry Krishna. And I loved it, man. And the drums and the, and the organ and something about that just gets me so fucking connected to myself and to the universe and to other people. And, and it, yeah, I highly recommend it. I can send over another one um, of one of those songs. It's a little bit, you know, this is just a chant, not a song, but these, this music is just so profound for me and really just gets me into a cool headspace, man. Yeah, there, there's something definitely to like drums or syncing up to a rhythm or singing or chanting or breathing. Um, it's almost like the whole process of moving emotions um, yeah. is, is about rhythm. Um, so I guess to tie this all back together, we started off with, hey, here's how you can start getting what you want in life. And we went to responsibility. I start to be responsible for the reality that I have. I start taking actions towards the things that I want. And when things don't go my way, I am responsible for that too. I made this choice. No one was holding a hostage. I chose this for me. But it also means that in those moments, I need to deal with my emotions so that I can move forward into the next step powerfully. And we just gave you a few different tools for dealing with that. One of them is, of course, slow breathing, putting your hand over your heart, closing your eyes. You can meditate, of course. You can chant. Um, and, yeah, there's drum circles, right? You can get into, like, running distances. The entire rock idea climbing. here is, yeah, rock climbing, yeah. Rock climbing, that's your jam. That is definitely my jam. Anything that forces you to be here, present, in the moment, right now, without the alternative of being stuck up in your own head, circling about how you were wronged or what happened or who you're mad about. Once that emotion is cleared, then you're free to powerfully move forward. Clean things up with the people that you might have blamed or started fights with. Take the next action step. And over time, you will find yourself just somehow waking up one day having what it is that you wanted as the past version of you. Anything yeah, man. To throw in, man? Yeah, it, 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 this is, everything is just a practice, man. Like if you're not doing this, then you're probably, probably not going to, you know, get what it is that you want. So you begin right where you're at, you know? Okay. I'm going to start a new practice today. I want to, I want to be different. I want to take responsibility for my, I want to work two hours a week, like Rob. I want to, you know, I want to start my own podcast. I want to invest in the stock market. So you take responsibility. You try the, maybe you try a couple of these things out. We're not, you and I are not telling our listener that this is facts. We've done this in, in our own experience. Things have changed for us. So this is just an offering to the listener. Okay, I'm not doing this currently in my, in my life. And I'm not really getting what I want in my life. I'm going to try this on. I'm going to try this on. There's no truth to it. I'm going to try it on. And in my practice, over time, add that in. You know, one day isn't going to cut it. I'm going to practice this over time. Just like you're going to the gym and you want to build some muscle. It's going to take some time. You got to do the push-ups. Got to do the pull-ups. So that's all that I would add, man. Give yourself some time. 
be patient with yourself, begin a new practice, see what goes down for you. If it doesn't work, you know, we'll have another podcast with some other tools on it for you. Yeah, just keep you, you keep yeah. trying what works for you. That's you easy. find it. Yeah, you know, for me, there was this thing, my seeing is inside my looking. I continue to look to change my life and grow and develop. And so it's a never ending journey of looking. And then I see it. I'm like, oh, this works. I'm going to add this in. Oh, this is helpful. Yeah. So your seeing is inside your looking. Keep looking. You'll find it. Yeah. I, I also, not that this is going to make a difference for the people who are looking for a shortcut because they're going to keep on looking until they find the thing that appears as a shortcut. But as formerly being that guy, I know that if I heard this podcast, my reaction would be like, oh, I'll eventually get what I want. That feels like too much work. That's too slow. Let me try to find the shortcut. How can I, how can I get there now? And the thing that I want to throw out here is, and, and this is something I've experienced myself, if you get the shortcut somehow, like even like the 1% chance that you're going to end up getting the shortcut that gets you to the result before you're actually prepared for that result to be in your life. Mm. There, there are consequences to that. Yeah. Like with lottery winners, something like 70 to 80% of them end up bankrupt in two years. And you have to wonder why, why is that consistent? It's easy for our brains to tell us that's never going to be us, but 75, like 70%, it's, it's like three quarters, right? Three out of four coin tosses, you're going to lose. And it's because these people arrived at this place before they were ready for that amount of wealth. They weren't ready for everyone coming at them like, hey, I need a loan. Hey, can I borrow some money? People like all of a sudden, they're not sure whether or not their friends are actually their friends or if they're there for the money, right? They're yeah. not ready for, hey, I used to think that people who had a loan of money were bad. Now I'm one of those people. I need to get rid of this money as quickly as I can. And that happens unconsciously. So the process takes as long as the process takes because we need to lay the groundwork so we don't lose everything that we gain. You can shortcut your way to wealth, fame, success, but you can easily go like Miley Cyrus and like crash and burn and like <laughs> there are consequences, right? For sure. Um, and I think we see that consistently with child stars. There's growing that needs to happen. So. Yeah, everything Scott was saying. And if you can, if this resonates and makes sense for you, try and avoid taking the shortcut route. It might not be doable. I know I couldn't resist the call, but I found over time that it, it never gets me to where I want to get. It's never actually the solution. Yes, sir. Yeah. And with that, I'm in. Oh, yeah. Oh. And we'll include some links to the chanting that Scott described, the music that uh, helps facilitate that process in the show notes. You can catch us next Thursday, 8 a.m. Pacific time. Love you. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Have a great rest of your day, morning, evening, afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are. And uh, if you're getting some benefit from the podcast, share it with someone, man. Write us a review, uh, hit that like button, uh, stars, you know, there's all kinds of stuff, bells and whistles and whatever you got to do, man, hook us up. It, and definitely, man, share it, share it on social, share it with your friends. Uh, we appreciate you. We really, really do. Thanks. Yeah, that means a lot to us. Yeah. Thank you.